You know, he really does love you. And because of that, you really can trust him. You really can. That affects how we pray. When you understand those two truths deeply, you understand how much he loves you, you understand how you really can trust him, it changes the way that you pray. It changes how often you pray. Uh, It changes the object of your praying. Uh, It changes the impact of your praying uh, when you understand that. We're right in the middle of this passage in James chapter 5, dealing with prayer. Uh, Last week we focused in on verses uh, 13 and uh, uh, through 15 there, talking about uh, the ministry of prayer, uh, in particular to those that are suffering, to those that are hurting. And uh, this morning we're going to be talking about uh, availing prayer. When we're talking about getting real, we need to get real in our prayer life. And this passage, this is one of the uh, most powerful passages outside of the teaching of Jesus himself on prayer here in James chapter 5. So we're going to focus in verses 16 through 18, but I'm going to back up into verse 13 and uh, begin reading the verses that we focused in on last week where he says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Then let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Verse 16, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Now understand this as as we look at this passage of Scripture here. We're not, this is not just a, a lesson to be taught. I hope we gain more by being here today or we experience more by being here today than just some head knowledge about this passage of Scripture or about what it is, is saying here. This is not a lesson to be done. This is a life to be lived. That is what we're talking uh, about here. And Jeremiah 33.3, uh, Jesus, or, or the Lord said there, uh, Jesus himself, he said, call to me and I will show you great and mighty things. There's a praying that avails much. There's a powerful prayer. Matter of fact, that's what the word, when we talk about availing that he mentions there, when he says the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. When we talk about availing prayer, that's what we mean by availing. That's what this word means. It means overcoming power. Availing is overcoming power. It's the word that is used here in the Greek is the word iskuo, and it means it's the idea of, of strength. It's the idea of more than just strength of, of ability. Uh, some want to translate it just as, as the word can. It means 
when he talk about this type of strength, it's can-do strength. Whatever the, the issue is, whatever needs overcoming, whatever needs done, it means it can happen. And that is the power of our God. He is a can-do God. Now, when we talk about can, yes, we're talking about that our God has the power to overcome. He can overcome. He can change things. And, and he does. He has that type of power. But also, he can help us in the midst of our suffering. He can give us strength to endure. He can give us strength to persevere. He can give us uh, the ability to be strong in the midst of the, the suffering and the trials of this world. Whatever it is that we need, our God can. Amen? That, that is him. And so that's what we mean by availing prayer. It is a connection to this God who can. And so when we talk about prayer, Prayer is, is taking every need and every person and every situation to this can-do God, to Jesus. That's what prayer is. We're not, understand, I, you know, when I, when I preach on prayer, there are a lot of different backgrounds that, that are here that are, that are listening, and, and we begin to filter it through our experience and what we've been taught in the past. When I'm talking about prayer, I'm not talking about some religious ritual where you re repeat your prayers or you read your prayers or you say your prayers, what you have memorized. And somebody, somehow by quoting or, or memorizing something and repeating those words that, that think that will change what's going on. I'm not talking about religious ritual and I'm not talking about some magical formula. That if you just say certain things a certain way with a certain belief in your heart that God will, even though he doesn't want to, he's got to do that. We're not talking about some magical formula or something that God's just up there waiting for us to say the magic words. And whenever we say the magic words, then he does it. He's just waiting for us to say the right thing. No, no we're not talking about that. We're talking about conversation. We're talking about interaction. Matter of fact, the, the word for prayer that is, is used here, it has the idea of, of, of praying and, and worshiping and, and bowing, but it is a there's a movement toward it. It is where we are moving toward God. It is a personal conversation where we are, 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 are moving toward God. It's the idea like, like with Mike Mitchell right here. I'm, I'm moving toward Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Fishermen going well? When are we going to go fishing again? Well, I say again, you have never taken me fishing, man. <laughs> we're, having, we're having a conversation. Matter of fact, we're getting a little too personal, aren't we? <laughs> and everything. We're having, and see, that's the idea of prayer. It's, it's not that, definitely not that Mike is Jesus, all right? But we're moving toward him. We're moving toward him in conversation. That, that is. That is prayer. It is the overflow. It is a, a, a dynamic part of this relationship with God that we, we're not just repeating phrases. We're not just trying to say the right things just to get what we want and then go, go do what we want. But we're entering into this relationship, this, this conversation with him. And that's when we're talking about availing prayer, that's what we're talking about is, is moving into this relationship with God in such a way that God begins to speak and we begin to change and we begin to move and things begin to happen around us. That's availing prayer. And we're going to see more of that in this 
passage here. Let's, let's focus in for, at the first part of verse 16 here and focus in on this ministry of availing prayer. Now, availing prayer is a powerful thing. Availing prayer is a is an life-changing thing as, as it begins to work in our lives and in the, the life of our church. But we've got to engage in this ministry of it because he says there in verse 16, he says, okay, this availing prayer is, 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 is available. Well, what do we need to do? He says, well, confess your trespasses to one another or your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And then he says, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. See, one of the reasons we don't experience availing prayer to the degree that the early church did is because we don't seek it out. We need to seek out availing prayer. And this body that God's put us in and this community God's put us in, we need to participate in and, and receive the ministry of availing prayer. And here he says, what do we need to do? We need to confess our trespasses. When it, it uses the word trespasses, but literally it's the, the word for, for faults here. It's the idea of uh, the mistakes. And, and when he talks about confessing here, it, it means to, to openly declare. When, when it talks about confessing our sins to God, it just means that we agree to God. When we come to God, it's not our declaration that brings the forgiveness. It is our agreeing with God that it is sin and that we need his forgiveness. And so, but here when he's talking about confessing, it adds a, a preposition on, in front of that word of, of confession there. And it means to confess out of. It means to express out of. It is to openly declare. It is to be willing to go to a brother or sister in Christ and say, I need help. This is where I'm struggling. This is where I'm hurting. This is the issues I have in my, this is where Satan's beating me up and, and winning. I need some help here. Will you pray with me? That's, that's what, and one of the reasons why we don't see the freedom and victory that God promises in his word is, is we're not willing to do this. We're not willing to, to go to one another and, and, and share with one another our need for help. You see, we deal with the surface issues. In other words, we deal with what people can see because we don't want them to know what's really going on underneath. But we need to get to the root of the issue. We must get to the root of, of, of the issue to be for it to be lasting and to, to be effective. We need to, to get to the root. And so we must be willing to confess. This is... a. See, this is what happens with our struggles. Or at least this way it happens to me. It probably doesn't ever happen this way to you. But a challenge will come into my life. And in the midst of that challenge, I'm, I'm struggling with this challenge and I'm struggling with this issue in my, in my life. And, and I, I know what God wants me to do, but I really don't want to do what God wants me to do in it because of the sacrifice or because of the humility it require or, or whatever. And so I'm, I'm rough. And so I don't, and so what I end up doing is I'm struggling with that. I end up getting mad at God and saying, God, why are you putting this issue in my life where I've got to do this? And I, and I end up getting bitter at God. And that's not what he says we're supposed to do. 
See, that's what will happen when these challenges come. Either we'll either get bitter toward God or we'll say, I need help. And what is he saying here? He said the pathway to victory, the pathway to availing is to say, I need help. To humble yourselves in the sight of God, as he said back in chapter 4, and say, I need help. That's scary, isn't it? Just the fact that I'm talking about this, you're afraid I'm going to pass the microphone around and say, all right, everybody confess their deepest, deepest darkest I- issues in their life. It's scary, isn't it? You know why it's scary? Because we are a prideful people. And the more we crucify pride in our lives, the better off we'll be. This is one of those issues that is a pride killer. You want to take up your cross and follow him? You want to die to your flesh? Confess your faults one to another. Admit your need for help. See, we don't want others to to think that we're as bad as we are. All we care about is what others think. We, we know we're bad. We know we have struggles, but we don't want people to think that we're, that's pride. That's what that is. I mean, the whole title of this series in James is Let's Get Real. I don't want you to look at the person next to you, but you probably know who's sitting next to you. And let me to give, let you in on a secret. They're just as messed up as you are. Every one of us is messed up. Every one of us needs help. We just need to be willing to admit it. Seek out availing prayer. Because when you seek out availing prayer, guess what? Availing prayer brings healing. Healing. That's what he says there in verse 16. He says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed, that you may be healed. And so this is the process. He says, yes, healing is there. We want the healing without the, 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 the before that, all right? We just want to say, God, heal me and, 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 and receive that healing. But he, does, he says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So there's confession and then there's the prayer and then comes the healing. And the healing is to be made whole. The healing is the idea of, of cleansing everything that is holding us, us back. It is, it is spiritual health that he is, is talking about because we're talking about trespasses. We're talking about faults. We're talking about our weakness, our messed up lives. We're talking about healing in, in these issues. We're talking about a healthy relationship with God. And as a part of finding a healthy relationship with God, to pray for one another to share our needs with one another and if you really want a healthy relationship with God then you'll have people in your life that you can go to and say I need prayer I need prayer God is the one that brings healing and we need to remove everything that is keeping us from him and the biggest thing that is keeping us from him is pride. And so we need to engage and we need to receive the ministry of availing prayer. 
Now understand this, if someone comes to you and says, I need prayer, they're not asking for criticism, they're not asking for judgment, they're not asking for correction, they're not asking for you to share that with everybody else, they're asking you to pray. And so if you're going to be involved in the ministry of availing prayer, you need to pray and pray and pray. But there's this ministry of availing prayer. And then as we begin to pray, there's this makeup of availing prayer. How availing prayer is made up. The last part of verse 16 was an a often quoted passage where he says, The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And so when we begin to pray, hear this availing prayer, first of all, it is effective. It is effective. Actually, when it says effective, fervent prayer there, that is really one word. But as, as the uh, translators are writing, trying to write out this one word, they said one, just one word tra- translated is not going to be enough. We need, to un- need you to understand it's not only effective, but it's also fervent. But here it is. It is, it is effective first and foremost. And that is a focus on the inward work, the inward change that takes place. How? Through prayer. Through prayer, it is where you get to that that root effect of prayer. How do you get to the root of the issue? How do you get to the root of the problem? Prayer is what brings you to the root. As someone is praying for you, God begins to take them to the, the root issues that are there. As you're praying to God about the issues in your life, God begins to take you to the, the root issues. It is in prayer that the Holy Spirit reveals the root problems. And so that's why availing prayer is effective. It's not just taking care of the changing the surface issues. It is getting down to the root. And it touches the root problems effective. But then not only is the availing prayer effective, but it also is fervent. And this word for energy that is used, energized prayer, it is, it is effective and it is fervent. Fervent is the outward expressing, the outward activity of the prayer. In other words, it's not just, okay, God, help them with the problem, amen. You know, that's not fervent praying. It is passionate praying. It is moving prayer. You know, God's given us emotions, some of us don't like to express our emotions, but he's given us emotions. We've felt sorrow. We feel grief. We have felt joy and excitement and different times in our lives. God gives us emotions. Why does God give us emotions? Here, one of the reasons God gives us emotions is to pray effectively and to pray fervently. Really, the, the idea of, of fervency is the idea of, of, of passionate praying. Or we passionately go to the Lord in prayer, praying for our brother in his needs or our sister in her needs and praying for our own needs as well. You see, emotions, God gave us emotions and emotions are good if they are, are, are moved by God. 
And God does move in our emotions. God does move us emotionally and, and, and passionately. And they are, our emotions are good if, they are, if we are, are moved with God, that we feel his heart for the situation. We feel what he wants for the situation. We feel that would honor him in the situation because emotions are good if, they're, if we're moved by God, if we're moved with God, and if we're moved for God, that he gets the glory in the midst of everything, that that is our greatest emotion. We are passionate about seeing God glorified in our lives. And so availing prayer must be fervent. Comes out of a heart of love, a heart of love for one another and a heart of love for God that we want to see God glorified. And so we cry out, we have a cry from our heart for others and for their needs and that God might work in this situation and minister to them and they might be drawn to him, that he might give them the victory, that they might be effective witnesses for him and we pray these things for them fervently. We're going to see availing prayer must be effective and fervent, and availing prayer must also be righteous. It says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, when we talk about righteous people, we're not talking about sinless perfection because then none of us could pray. And by the way, then this wouldn't apply to Elijah either because he wasn't a perfect dude. He had his issues, he had his weaknesses, he had his failures, he had his sins. So we're not talking, obviously we're not talking about that. Well, what, what is a righteous person? Which, well, without preaching a whole sermon series on righteousness, let me just sum it up this way, is that we are made right by God. We are made right by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He paid the price for our sins. He removes all our sins, and we are made right when we put our faith in Jesus by God. We're made right by God. But when you're made right by God, you begin to live right by God. When you experience that work in your life, then you begin to, to live it out in your life and live in that right way. Not a perfect way. But that's your heart's passion. That's your heart's desire. And so that's what he is saying here is that someone, it's not just talking about someone who just, you just want to see them freed because you care for them, but you're living in sin and doing all these other things. What, what kind of praying is that? You don't want to see God glorified. If you're wanting to see God glorified, you'd be living a life to see God glorified. And so you see, sin affects prayer. Maybe that's why we're not seeing availing prayer as much as we should. Maybe we just need to go back and just the first part of verse 16, confess your trespasses to one another and just stop there until we get that right. Because sin does affect our prayer lives. Psalm 66 and verse 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. Now, that doesn't mean that God doesn't know what I'm praying, that he just goes, la, 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 la. That means he's not going to respond. Or maybe he doesn't respond and do what we tell him to do because we're not asking him to do anything. We're just telling him when we got sin in our hearts. He does what needs to be done. He convicts us of sin. And we need to get our hearts right with God. You see, hypocritical praying accomplishes nothing. When we're asking God to move around us, but we don't want God to move in us, that type of praying accomplishes nothing. 
When we're just saying words, but we're not living truth, that type of praying accomplishes nothing. But let me tell you something. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Avails much. And so let's look at this man of availing prayer. He gives us an example of Elijah. Verse 17 says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. He's given us an example. And, and notice just three, three truths about Elijah that just jump out of the page. The first of all is that he was nothing. He is nothing. He says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. If he was like me, then he's nothing. Because we all are, are nothing. That's what he's saying here is that he had a nature like ours. There was nothing special about Elijah. You understand, you read through this Bible, we, we begin to exalt the people of this Bible, but there are no heroes in the Bible. There are no earthly human heroes in the Bible. There are no rock stars in the Bible. There's only one hero and his name is Jesus. That's it. All the rest of us are messed up and we need Jesus. We need him. That's why we pray. We need him. That's why we pray for others. They need him. And so we, we are absolutely nothing. And what that means is, hey, you can pray like Elijah. He was nothing more than you are. He had struggles just like you do. He, he was weak in it, but he, he came to God. He listened to God. He did what God said, and you can too. Now, Jesus said in John 15, 5, without me, you can do nothing. And that is absolutely true. It was true for Elijah, and it is true for us. That's why we need to come and bow our knee to Jesus and give him everything and abide in him. We need to draw near to the God of Elijah. It's the same God we're singing about earlier. It's the same God that is with us here today. And we need to walk in the same humility that Elijah walked in, recognizing he was nothing. He was just dependent upon God. He was dependent upon God for the bread that he ate. He was dependent upon God for the, the air that he breathed. He was dependent upon God in every aspect, so he did whatever God told him to do. He was nothing, but he was earnest. It says there, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. It's interesting, I put that word earnest there. The word earnest, it means sincere conviction. And that's the way it is translated here because literally what it says is that he, he prayed by praying. He, he prayed, prayed. <laughs> it's literally what it, 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 it says here. He, he prayed with prayer. He, he was praying with praying. That's what he was doing. And so that's why it says earnestly there because he was sincere. In other words, he was really praying. He was really talking with God. He was really communicating with him. He was really taking the needs and the, of the day and the situation to God and saying, God, what do you want me to do about this? How do you want me to pray for this? And he did what God told him to do. Listen, let's get real in our prayer lives. Let's talk to God. Let's listen to God. And let's do what he tells us to do. And then that's the third aspect about him is that he was obedient to God. It says, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not 
rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. And if you go back to, to Kings in the Old Testament and read about the situation, he just prayed what God told him to pray. He was with God in prayer. God said, okay, Elijah, pray for the rain to stop. And he did what God told him to do, and God did what he said he would do. Just as simple as like that. God told him what, when, and how to pray, and that's what, when, and how he prayed. And did you read? Three years. And if that's not enough, and six months, no rain. And if you remember the story about the cloud showing up, that cloud did not show up until Elijah prayed. And Elijah didn't pray until God told him to pray. He was obedient to God. After three years and six months, God said, okay, Elijah, pray. And Elijah prayed. And then the clouds. And see, it wasn't that God knew that there was a cloud coming up and he said, oh, there's a cloud coming up. You need to pray now. No, the cloud didn't show up until God told Elijah to pray. And when Elijah prayed, God sent the cloud. God did it. It wasn't some meteorological thing that God knew was coming. God caused the cloud to form. And the rain came. Elijah was just doing what God said. And that's how we ought to pray. Now, as we wrap this up this morning, let me just touch on this one issue. I think that will bring this all together and that is about availing prayer and this prayer of faith that is mentioned back in verse 15. In verse 15, it says, And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And then he goes on in verse 16 where we read, The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It's not by accident that those words are, those, those, those are all there close together because he's talking about the same thing. Availing prayer is this prayer of faith. Now, when we talk about faith, I mentioned this in, in, uh, earlier in James when we were talking about uh, faith and works and salvation uh, and, and everything there. What did we say faith was? When you see the word faith, don't just think about believing something that's not there or claiming something that's not there. That's not what the word faith is. What do we think of when we hear the word faith? Relationship. Faith is relationship. It's a relationship with the unseen God. Faith is, comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, God speaking. There's this relationship going on. Faith is relationship. And that relationship, entering into that relationship, produces salvation, which is life. So we enter into this relationship and we get the life of, of, of God. And that life produces fruit, produces works in our life, fruit in our lives that, that honors and glorifies him. And so faith is relationship and relationship. You can't have relationship without communication. And that's the idea of, of prayer. And so what is real praying? Real praying, availing prayer is working out this relationship. It is praying in faith. It is letting faith be the, the, the foundation and, and, and the all over what you're doing in your prayer. You're living in this relationship, this relationship of dependence upon God. And when you're praying out of that, things happen. 
That type of praying avails much. And so this is, this is the prayer of faith that he's talking about. It is the, the work of God in your hearts through a faith relationship that leads you to a God-initiated prayer. You come to God in prayer. David comes to me and says, hey, I got this need. I want you to pray with me. And I say, okay, let's pray together. And we begin to pray. And as we're praying, God puts something in my heart about David's situation or about what his needs there. And I don't pray what, I, what I'm thinking. I'm not praying what, I, what, I, what I've heard other people pray. I'm not even praying necessarily what he's asked me to pray. I'm praying what God initiates in my heart to pray for him. And I'm praying it knowing this is from God. And God begins to move and respond doing what is his will. That's the prayer of faith. Now, in order to pray like that, you've got to be living like that. Conversing with God, walking with God. As I say that, that's, that's the availing prayer and, and that's what we need. But I, I've seen this. I've seen it in my own life. I've, I be, I've read about it like Andrew Murray and Reese Howells and folks like Nanley Beasley and others that they that as they're praying and 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 some of you may have experienced that as all of a sudden God just quickens your heart and says, pray this. When I've heard correctly God say pray this, I've seen God do some things that only God can do. God is calling us to the ministry of availing prayer that exalts Jesus and sees his will done. Will you avail yourself to availing prayer?